Hi, everybody. This is Kelly. Before we start today's episode, I just want to make a quick explanation uh, as to why we're posting on a different day and uh, also explain why the quality of this particular episode will not be quite as uh, good as the other ones. And when I say quality, I mean the sound quality of it. Uh, As everyone knows, Ukraine is going through a very difficult time right now. We have, of course, alumni from all over the world including Ukraine. So what I thought would be profitable for us is to listen to uh, one of one of our alumni who's going through this right now. Her name is Vera Umnova, and she uh, was a student with us just a few years ago, has been home for a few years, has done some mission work, uh, but she, although had the opportunity to leave Ukraine, uh, decided that she needed to stay, that the Lord would have her there. And so, of course, we have been very concerned for her as well as for the whole nation. We've been praying for them all. And I'm sure many of you have been doing the same. So what we are going to do with this episode is just let Vera tell us, you know, just what it's like for her to be there so that we can uh, know better how we can be praying for her. And uh, also now, because of the quality, let me explain that we we conducted the interview yesterday, which was uh, Friday the 4th. In order to get it to you quickly, um, we we didn't have time to set up uh, everything that we would want to, uh, but so we just recorded it through the internet, and I'm going to play it for you with uh, as much uh, of the mixing that I can do for it, but I, I still think it'll be profitable, and, and you'll be encouraged too. So I just wanted to explain that before we get into it. So anyway, here is our interview with Vera. Welcome to this episode of the His Hill Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Darty. Today, we have a special edition of the podcast. We're posting it on another day besides Thursday because it's it's very current and we want to get the information out to you as soon as possible. We have an alumni with us who is Ukrainian and she's in Ukraine right now during the war. And so we've been very concerned for her and have been very encouraged with the with the, the communication we've had with her and how the Lord's caring for her and what the Lord's doing in her heart. So thought it would be very profitable for our listeners to get to know her uh, if they don't already and know better how to pray for her and her countrymen as they go through this experience. Her name is Vera, and she tried to teach me how to say her last name. And I just can't get it, Vera. I'm sorry. Do you want to tell people what your name is, please? Oh, hello. My name is Vera Umnova, and I come from Odessa, Ukraine. Okay. And, of course, we know in the news that um, Odessa mm-hmm. is one of the areas that's uh, that's uh, that, that's very active right now. So uh, we really appreciate you giving us the time to uh, to talk with us. To be honest, um, I can't say that it is not as much as active as in northern parts, because in northern parts, um, they just, they're blowing up buildings, shooting living houses, and doing crazy things. Um, I would say it, sometimes it looks like hell on earth, uh, while in Odessa, they only shot our military bases and uh, airport, and besides that, um, Russian-speaking uh, military guys, they uh, gave up or they refused 
to bomb Odessa so far. Because oh. every this is the city everybody loves. And no matter where in Russia you are, everybody heard about Odessa, Odessa's humor and uh, welcoming spirit of our city. So they um, made a strike, had a strike on the on the ship, and the ship just turned around and went back to Crimea. Mm. That was yesterday at least. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Well, uh, Vera, well, what I w- want to do is introduce you. I want you to have a chance to explain your, you know, how you came to know Christ and your relationship with Jesus. And then we want to go on and just talk about what's going on in your country. So let's, let's start with, um, just with, why don't you tell us, how did you come to know Jesus Christ? That might sound pretty easy or common for a lot of people. I come from Christian home, but not common. My parents genuinely and sincerely love the Lord. And they always taught us eternal values, loving God, loving His Word, sharing the gospel. And uh, before I was born, my parents were missionaries in other countries, and uh, when they fled, they were homeless in the city of Odessa, where we live currently. So, um, then I was born later on when I was a teenager, the age of 16. At the age of 15, I just had this battle in my heart. On one hand, I wanted to have to be a party animal, just to go like do clubbing, do crazy things. Is that what looked attractive to me? And on the other hand, I knew that God wouldn't like it. At that time, uh, time I actually knew lots of scripture memorized. So as a pretty good example of Christian kids, I had this battle in my heart. And at some point, I just had this question, like, Vera, if you die today, tonight, where will you go? And I knew I will not go to heaven. It's Jesus is not the king of my heart. He is not my people. He is not my God. So, and I accepted Jesus and got baptized at the age of 16. Mm. So. Okay. So at the age of 16, you grew up in a Christian home. Now, uh, we were visiting a little bit before, uh, but before we started the interview and you were showing me that you're in the, you're in the basement right now. You're in your father's office and you showed me his library and so your father has an incredible number of books. You told me you were counting them, and there's over a thousand. So uh, your your father is um, has has been a big influence in your life as a Christian, hasn't he? Uh, yes, he is, and uh, he was, and not just me. Mm. Um, now it's war time, and uh, I was like, Dad, I'm afraid because I, you know, you just sit. At that point, I talked to my friends, to my American friends, and I hear a crazy explosion. Like, I live in this nine-story concrete building, and my building was shaking like an earthquake. Mm. So, and I was, I freaked out. I came to my dad, and my dad was like, you know what? If you're afraid, just be with me, because um, the evil will not come close to me. I'm God's person. God is my God. Okay. So, he isn't just bookish man who knows how to read long words. Okay. He actually knows he's God. Okay. Yes. Yes, he is, and he was the greatest influence in my life, the life of many people. Mm. Okay. 
That's wonderful. Now, you say you come from a big family. How many siblings do you have? Um, I have 11 brothers and sisters, and I'm the last one. Wow. 11 brothers and sisters, and you're the baby of the family. That is a big family. Kelly, you were in my future. Didn't you know that? <laughs> well, I knew that, but the people listening didn't necessarily know that, so I wanted them to, to, to hear that. So tell us. Now, you... Um, you became a believer, and uh, when you were were eighteen, how how did you end up coming to his hill? Um, that's a long story, actually. But um, God made puzzles together, just different, like sad things. Um, I translated at one camp for um, when Americans came to Ukraine. I already knew English by then. And uh, um, the guy, the main speaker, said to himself in his heart, if anyone uh, would tell me about mission trip to Russia, I would invite this person to America. Um, one day I was sitting next to him, like at lunch or somewhere, and I was like, Carrie, so you came here, but Russia has big history of Christianity and it has interesting places let's go to mission trip to russia and he just looked at me and he was like vera i want you to come to america my sister was sitting next to me at this point she was like that's not fair he's inviting you not me (laughs) (laughs) kind of uh what's the difference there are two of us and he's just inviting you and he said i had it in my heart uh to invite the person that the person who would uh, offer me this would be like special and he actually invited me, and it was a wartime, 2014. We had war with Russia mm-hmm. in the eastern Ukraine, and then they took Crimea. And uh, Terry said, you will not go to Ukraine. And legal ways for me to stay in America was to study. So I volunteered at a Christian camp in Iowa then, and uh, uh, Frank Cerrone uh, was the speaker there. And he was like, Vera, why wouldn't, uh, why don't you come to the Raving Press? So I went there as a guest student, but they took, it took almost a year for me to process visa. Uh, and uh, I didn't actually end up being a student at Raving Press, but the connection I made, uh, just people from there, especially Bonnie Thomas, uh, we became friends. I didn't know that she's Bonnie Thomas. I just thought like she's cute. Uh, elder lady, <laughs> but then she was like, "Yeah, I'm Bonnie Thomas." I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay. oh, okay." <laughs> so, and she invited me to his hill. Okay, okay, great. And what year were you at that's his? How I ended up, yeah, that's how I pretty much. Ended. Okay, and what year were you uh, at year his 2016 hill? 2016 through 18. Okay, 2016. 2016, 17, and 18. Okay, because you were there for your first year and your second year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, uh, tell us, yeah. what have what have you been doing since you left his hill? I came to Ukraine and um, went to mission trip right away. And uh, lots of people thought that I'm an American missionary who came just for one week. And they actually didn't believe that I came back to Ukraine. Um, I came when I was in America. I had it in my heart that I want to learn how to teach English. Uh, if you remember in the 
library at his hill, there is a book of Amy Carmichael, biography of Amy Carmichael. Okay. And I enjoyed reading it, and I thought, I need to learn how to teach English. If I be a missionary in other country, I need to have a tool to work. Just to have a Bible, it's not enough. I need to have another profession. I am already a translator. That's my first like major thing. But to know English is not enough to teach it. I wanted to learn how to teach it. So I came to Ukraine with a purpose to learn how to teach English. So if God would call me to do mission work, um, I would be an English teacher. And fair enough, a year later, um, yes, next semester, well, like uh, I was teaching English. I thought it's just, it's boring just to teach. I want to learn something. And I went to School of Hebrew Language where... Um, Rabbi, uh, who uh, taught us Hebrew, he asked me to teach his son English. So it was my first experience teaching English online. Um, and uh, then I learned in uh, quarantine. I became like full-time online teacher. Then I had it, I had this feeling in my heart that I should stop teaching this guy. I brought him up like on a good level he could speak communicate understand english speak with different people not just to me and uh, not just with me and uh, I, there was some time like a month i thought lord what's next i want to do something lord um yeah with this rabbi son it was ministry he's a jewish rabbi not christian so to clarify um and in my heart i had uh this purpose yes I want to teach him English, and I want to show him Jesus. Um, yes, Rabbi knew that I'm Christian, and he entrusted me teaching his son, even knowing that I'm Christian. That was a good testimony for me and for him as well, I suspect. Mm. So after a month's praying, I talked to one of his male students, and I'm like, guys, yeah, group, our former group, like, guys, can you please pray? For me, I don't know what God wants me to do, but I'm boring of not doing any ministry or doing something extra. And I got sick, talked to another friend of mine, and he said, Vera, I'm just an American worker. I'm just like a businessman, and I'm going to Egypt to teach English. Why are you staying in Ukraine as an English teacher while I'm just English speaker and I go to Egypt? Like, you should go. I should stay. Um, he joked, but God used this joke. It was a good challenge for me. It was an answer for me. What should I do next? So I reached out to the head organization of that organization, and they asked me to teach Iraqi refugees online. Uh, they are missionaries in Lebanon with uh, uh, post-trauma women. Mm. Of course, there are lots of them in Lebanon. And uh, later on, last summer, I went to Lebanon to teach English for a few weeks. Uh, for one week, I ended up being longer. And uh, then um, I um, went to mission trip, unexpectedly went to mission trip to Egypt. I thought it would be one week, ended up being one month. And for Ukrainian people to extend their mission trips is easier than for Americans because teachers in Ukraine, we have like two months uh, off, just for two months 
like July and August, uh, children don't go to school, and we are on our own. We can do whatever we want. So it was my decision. I had to be in Ukraine by September 1st. I came back, and now I teach, volunteer, teach, help Syrian refugees uh, in Lebanon teaching English. So this is ministry, and yes, I work as an English tutor, English teacher only. So that's pretty much it. Okay. So you've you've been using your language skills to assist missionaries both online and also going to these different countries. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's wonderful, Vera. It's great to hear. So we all know what's going on in Ukraine right now. This has been a big change for you and your nation in the last last week. And so I'm just curious, um, how has life changed for you and your family since Russia has invaded Ukraine? Um, Russia was threatening Ukraine for a while. They would come to Ukraine. That they would enter and they would invade. They tried it to do in 2014. Um, now um, they said different things, and I knew this time it's going to be serious. Mm-hmm. Um, the day before it happened, I sent out an email to my prayer warriors, prayer friends, saying, Is this still fine? But I feel like something is about to happen. And because I see all these military cars coming by every day, I see that something is heating up, you know. We had this conversation, but one morning I woke up, uh, it was about 4.35 in the morning, and it was a crazy explosion, uh, worse than an earthquake. Mm. It was... Um, I cannot explain it. Thunder? Maybe 10 times worse worse than thunder. Wow. And uh, then we got the news that Russia is shooting in, in other, our city and other cities, military bases. They said they want to, they want just to, they call it demilitarize, get rid of military bases and uh, for us not to be able to fight on our own um since then first day of war oh one thing i i missed i have my father my love very deeply uh, he had few blood strokes and uh, he is not able to do lots of things he can but he can walk okay so he can walk he can talk but he's just he gets very and every day we go to the cafe, maybe not every every night, whenever we can, go to the cafe, just enjoy our milk or milk, hot chocolate, something and come back. The first day of war, we went to this cafe, had our hot chocolate, and we had two other explosions there. So just imagine you sit in your Starbucks, having your coffee, and you hear explosions that windows are shaking. Mm. Um, people started running crazy. You could just look out of the window and the entire city look, looked like a train station or like an airport. Everybody are running somewhere. Um, I live my city area borders with the country of Romania. 
in the country of Moldova. So all the borders uh, where they could cross, they were just overwhelmed with a lot miles, miles, dozens of miles of traffic. People trying to get out of country, of course, women with children. So um, we got the martial law. Martial law is whenever you cannot go out um, after, I think, nine in the morning, and you should be home by seven in the evening. You should carry your passport around all the time, all the time. So if they shoot and your house falls apart, they find you in your house. You should have your passport on you. Mm. It's not just somewhere in your room. No, it's on you. Mm. Yeah. Um, You come to the store and uh, there are signs something no more than two or five pieces of something you can buy. Mm, Banks shut down, so um, of course we have those stores like Trader Joe's in America, you can cash your money on the in the cashier place. Um, you hear shootings, we hear shootings every once in a while, especially at sunset. Sunset comes, uh, after sunset it's getting dark and you hear shootings. Um, I have emergency air strike emergency alert in my phone, so First, today was the first day whenever I got it only twice. So we had emergency alert today only twice. Before that, it was every five to ten minutes. Oh, wow. Emergency alert, it means you have to run to your bomb shelter. Bomb-proof shelter, yes. Um, with your passport, water, a little bit of food, and um, and uh, aid kit. Just anything gets injured anyone gets injured um you can you always see military guys walking everywhere um you know if you scroll your if i scroll my facebook um, page i used to see before war i used to see all kinds of advertisements on english teaching staff clothing phones everything you can see there now it's all about what kind of rockets what kind of bombs how do you do, how to recognize, how to do first aid, first help, BCR and CPR, sorry, CPR and uh, um, how to know that it's your helicopter or somebody's helicopter, how to protect, like everything is about war. Oh. <laughs> and it, do you know those stickers love is, right? Like with the chewing gum. Mm. Do you have those? Uh, say that again. Yeah, so uh, love is. Do you uh, remember the chew? Do you have this chewing gum with love is? I don't believe we do, no. Right? Do you? No, or I you don't think so, no. Okay. But, okay, I'll tell the, you the, this thing to you. You can cut it later. Uh, so love is, and there is like cute piece of paper, and there is boy and girl, and you know, something romantic should be there. Now, uh, we have this chewing gum, and there is a piece of paper. Love is whenever you um, you provide your loved person with a better place in a bomb shooting shelter than you for yourself. 
Oh, okay. Like, what is love? This is love. Uh, you know, like do those those cute little things, but everything is about war. Okay. <sighs> lots of tears, lots of anxiety. Mm. Um, yes, how life changed. Lots of tears, lots of anxiety, uh, lots of fear, death. Mm. Um, lots of prayers. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you something else now. Uh, from what I understand, you had the opportunity to evacuate before Russia invaded. Why did you decide to stay? Um, you know, the best place to be is wherever you know that God placed you to be. Mm. And uh, peace is not just calm surrounding peace is knowing that you are in God and God is in you and no matter what happens next you are with God and God is on your side mm. and uh, running away from war to wherever you know God doesn't want you to be um, this is not peace you wouldn't get peace and I know for myself that at this moment, God placed me to be with my parents. Mm. As my parents are disabled, and uh, um, I'm staying with them, and we enjoy each other. Mm. That's uh, that's wonderful. That's very encouraging to hear. Um, well, w- along with that, why don't you just tell us, if, if you don't mind, how how are you doing? How is your heart with the Lord and all that's going on? What's what's he doing with you? Oh man, I can tell you a sermon on that. <laughs> um, I used to journal where I make notes in my observations and Bible reading things. Um, and it was about like all this life thing that servants that usual English teacher goes through like or a single woman goes through but now it's what I learned from war and where it's got whenever I'm here um, I've learned that and I feel that whenever God is on my side then I have majority in my side um doesn't mean that I'm I'm not afraid. No. Uh, I am afraid. We all want to live. We were not created to die. Mm. And whenever I hear, whenever I pray that uh, our enemy, uh, enemy country leaders said that they will use nuclear weapons or nuclear bombs against us, I, I was crying. Mm. I want to leave. But another... I made this post on Facebook, everything is going to be good or very good because I know I will be with Jesus. Mm. So, um, you know, Psalm, I think 91 says that um, we hide in the shelter of his wing, right? Right. Um, those who live uh, under the protection of... Um, Let's, okay, I'll just open 
my Bible, I read it. I'll read it and I'll explain how my heart feels from there. So yeah, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now I feel that, and my heart feels that, where would I learn how to trust God unless I'm in those circumstances? Because faith is growing with experience and with challenges. Whenever you're in a greenhouse of spiritual life, in the bubble, um, you don't get those chances for your faith to grow. Now, when you leave like um, like a target for someone to shoot or explode at any moment, any minute, then uh, you just know, okay, Jesus, here I am. So, in my heart, in peace with God, I think in peace with others, um, and waiting for perfect shalom, perfect peace with God. But, but sometimes I'm like, okay, I wish it would be good here. Um, and, you know, my parents taught us about eternal values, that we should share the gospel, invest in people, help people, um, not just store up on earth, uh, not just buy expensive things to show off, but um, to share with missionaries, help, talk to people, encourage. Now, all those people who invested into earthly things here in our city, they lost. And they left. I mean, they've lost their life. Because whatever they invested their life into, it doesn't matter that much. Because it can be blown up any minute. And as far as, yeah, I think you understand insurance wouldn't cover it. Um, but whenever you know that, okay, I have, um, I've stored up in heaven some um, things that don't go bad, like sharing gospel, going being missionaries. Uh, and those things, um, then they're like, Lord, I had a good life. I didn't waste it. And uh, um, I'm ready. That's okay. That's good. Whatever you want. Mm. So. That's that's really encouraging, Vera. And if, if our listeners didn't understand where she was in Scripture, that was Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. And, uh, and Vera, I appreciate, you know, your heart in all of this and your openness and sharing, you know, the, 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 the scary stuff that's going on in your heart, but also what Christ is doing in your heart. And, and, uh, and so thank you for, for sharing that. Um, before we, we end our, our conversation, I would like to ask you just how can we be praying for you and your family and your country? <clears throat> You know, before the war, we had lots of quarrels and things within our different parties and politics. Now, war um, made us so close together that I feel like my entire country is my family. Mm. And whenever I know that somebody in other CK hurts, it hurts 
it hurts me. You know, and whenever you say when uh, how to pray for you, your family, and your country, I'm like, uh, let's be just with my country. <laughs> let's just stick with my country. Um, there are, as far as I know, more than 2,000 Ukrainians died mm. in this war so far. Mm. Um, cities were just, one city was greatly damaged. Uh, villages were, we say, we have a thing removed from the face of the earth. Um, like Chernobyl, you know. Um, those people, uh, they don't have, they being split. And lots of children lost their parents. Lots of parents lost their children. Um, you know, material things are pity to lose. But to lose your loved one is crazy. It's crazy. Mm. It's painful. I lost my brother seven years ago. I know this pain, and um, it's incredibly painful to lose your little child because somebody just decided to shoot a rocket in your house, mm. you know, um, or to lose your mother or father. <laughs> it's very painful. So just to pray for those families. Other thing is um, people became very much full of hatred towards Russian people. Mm. Um, it's another topic uh, <laughs> of my spiritual discovery uh, was that was uh, pretty much they were they got wrong information, they were brainwashed with wrong things about Ukraine, and now they say we came to clear, to save Ukraine from Nazi. This is what they come to. This is what they say whenever they got captive here, Russian guy. Oh, they say Ukraine is full of Nazis, so we just uh, come here to save it from Nazi, you know? You come here, and I'm like, I don't know any person who would be, like, close to Nazi. Like, no one. No one I know, and I know lots of people. So, um, my the request would be for people not to be full of hatred towards Russian people who just got wrong information. Um, other things, I personally believe that Ukraine will be free, will be free. And my prayer request would be just pray for yourself. If God is calling you to come to Ukraine and to help to build up our country back. Because we would need lots of people who would just just give hugs. Just say, I, I'm here for you. How can I help you? Mm. Maybe to fix the house. Maybe to just cry with that person. Just uh, give some encouragement. It's the person. You know, sometimes we want to fix things just 
oh, how much money can I pay? No, that's not always how it works. People, that's what helps. Genuine heart, genuine loving heart. So just pray if God wants you, if God is calling you to come whenever war comes down and we're free back again. Um, if God is calling you to come here to help us to rebuild our country and for the glory of God. So. Okay. Well, Vera, thank you. I, you don't know how much I appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. Uh, I, I know that you in the, the, the beginning of the podcast, you were saying that, you know, things aren't that bad there. And I know for you, you know, because you're there in the middle of all of it, you have a different understanding than we do of what's bad. But so our listeners know you it's it's the evening it's after sunset there and you're supposed to keep your lights off because of the the danger of of being bombed and uh, you know so it's though it's it's been better for you than so many others in the country it's still not super safe and so i i really appreciate you uh you doing this um vera i i just want to encourage our listeners to be praying for you praying for your family praying for the country praying for healing and, uh, and, and praying for the church, that the church would be the light that it needs to be, that it would be taken captive with Christ, and that many in the country would come to know Jesus through this, through this, th- this horrible event that's going on, that they would, they would find that their only hope and their only peace is Christ. So, Vera, thank you again for the time that you've given us. I love sharing with you my heart. And uh, I used to journal and write everything on the paper with a pen. Now, when I realize that my life is counted not by one day at a time, but one minute at a time, or sometimes it's seconds at a time, if you hear the siren, you don't know what's going to happen next. I thought, you know what, maybe I can share my heart more than just writing my journal. And that actually... Uh, help me to write my post whenever I write or to share uh, with you and um, just encourage you. Maybe you just look <laughs> at your values and your life. Maybe a, like American dream and maybe God's dream for you. And try to compare. Maybe that would really help you even to survive. Uh, in the circumstances which wouldn't be pleasant, maybe like mine. Mm. So. Well, thank you, Vera. Thank you very much. We love you, and we're praying for you, and you, you really are an encouragement to us, and it's, it's just really been a blessing to hear from you and to get your updates. So thank you very much, and just know that you're being thought of and prayed for. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this special edition of the His Hill Podcast. Again, I ask that we be remembering to pray for Vera and her family as well as the whole nation. Just so you know, we will be posting the regular edition of the His Hill Podcast this coming Thursday and hopefully have at least one quick reminder posted at some point during the week. My name is Kelly Darty. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus.